Well, movies are back in theaters, so that's pretty cool. But if you're into staying at home, there's a lot that you can still stream. Apple has some updates for iPhone and iPad, and I have a challenge for you. My name's Luke Clayton. This is Connection Culture. Well, hey, welcome back to Connection Culture. We have just come through what we're calling Movie Month, and I hope you followed along for that series. That's where uh, Bo, uh, the producer of this podcast and this content, and myself uh, talked through a bunch of different movies. We talked about Pixar, Marvel, and the films of Christopher Nolan. If you missed any of that series, it's available now to watch on YouTube, Facebook, You can also listen wherever you subscribe to podcasts, and I'd love for you to check that series out. Well, in my absence, because we recorded those a long time ago, I mean, I say a long time ago, a couple months ago, I think we recorded them like late May, and so that's why if you were like, hey, this movie was out, you can talk about that, well, you know, that was more or less uh, because uh, we had to get ahead on our production, we had a lot of traveling, things going on in this summer, but hey, now we're kind of getting back to, uh, if you will, the grind, and uh, so... Uh, this episode is going to seek to be a little bit more current. We're going to kind of update you. We're going to keep the movie theme going just a little bit and talk about actually some of the more recent movies to come out. I've seen a few. They're back in theaters, and we're going to talk about that. So let's start right there. Now, look, if you've been listening to uh, or watching for any period of time, you know I am a huge fan of the movie theater, and this is one of the biggest concerns I had and that a lot of other creative people and just movie fans in general shared as we headed into the um, as we headed uh, into this pandemic because obviously movie theaters were the first to go uh, one of the first to go and one of the last to reopen so there was a time there where uh, people were um, uh, concerned that movie theaters would not come back and uh, to be honest we're not completely out of the woods yet there's this new delta variant and, and you know what i'm just going to keep my mouth shut about about that you i'm not going to get uh, political because gosh everybody else sure is but uh so movie theaters aren't completely out of the woods yet however uh they are making a good comeback as of the past couple months so if you haven't seen anything recently in theaters let me kind of tell you what's come out and what you might want to watch. Uh, so I'm going to talk about three ones that I would uh, more or less recommend that you see. Uh, and then I'm going to talk about one that uh, yeah, definitely not. So we'll get there. Okay, so the first one is the one that I saw. I saw this a uh, couple, couple days, well, about a week after it came out. A Quiet Place 2. Obviously, this is a sequel. A Quiet Place 1 uh, was, was really good. And A Quiet Place 2 did not disappoint. The first 10 minutes of A Quiet Place Place two, man, that just, it'll really grip you. Um, obviously, if you haven't seen one, 
You really need to see that first. And here's the great thing about A Quiet Place 1 and 2. Uh, they are really, um, uh, they, they are in the um, thriller, maybe even the horror genre, some would put it there. But honestly, they're nothing like what you think of with horror. There's no, um, you know, demonic, satanic elements. Um, it's it's really more or less, it's kind of like a sci-fi type of uh, premise um, with uh, invaders from uh, an alien species. And I don't want to spoil it. It for you. But I will tell you this, um, A Quiet Place 2, I really enjoyed it. I love how, uh, and they, there was more, if you know anything about A Quiet Place 1, there's a lot of, um, uh, what, 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 uh, uh, there's a lot of, uh, or I should say a lack of, a lack of dialogue. In fact, there's hardly any dialogue, any speaking in Quiet Place 1. And uh, that's because of the whole premise of the movie. And again, I'm not going to give it away. Now in Quiet Place 2, there is a little bit more dialogue, uh, a good bit more than there was in 1, but there's still a lot of story told through, strictly through uh, just the just the visuals. And that is uh, from a creative's perspective and someone who loves film, loves making films. Uh, that is just always something really cool to see. And I love the um, more or less the, the morals of Quiet Place 2. It's a lot of family values in there. It's about the, the both, both the Quiet Place movies uh, are all about keeping a family together. And that is just awesome to see in the culture that we live in today. So that to some extent, the traditional family still being um, uh, kind of um, um, glorified in a good way on screen. And so A Quiet Place 2, I recommend. Now, the next one that I saw is, uh, is F9, The Fast Saga. This is, as the title implies, the ninth film in the Fast and Furious franchise. That's film, Fast and Furious franchise. Said that five times fast. Oh, look at there. More, more Fs there. But uh, now, I actually, up to this point, I had not seen the Fast and Furious movies uh, other than the first one. I'd seen the first one a long time ago, but I hadn't seen any of the others. And I hate watching a movie or a sequel to a movie when I haven't seen the movie that it's sequeling. And so I, of course, took it upon myself to watch the entire Fast and Furious franchise in the weeks leading up to its release. And, you know, uh, here's the thing. Fast and Furious is one of those things. Some people love it. Some people hate it. I enjoy it because here's the thing about Fast and Furious and, and Fast and Furious 9 is by far the most unbelievable over the top of the malt just like the last one was. They always are going to be crazier and more outlandish than the last. But here's the truth. You, we, we'll watch all kinds of movies, and we do this what we call suspending belief. It's a key element to enjoying a movie or enjoying uh, many types of story in general. And so my thing about the uh, Fast and Furious, the people that want to criticize the unrealistic elements of it, of course, I mean, just ridiculous stuff. Again, I'm not going to spoil it, but if you just watch the trailer, you'll see some of the most insane, over-the-top, never-possible things to happen uh, with cars and, and, and action. Uh, but here's the thing. Uh, it's When you suspend your belief, that's why we go to the movies, man. I, I'm tired of hearing people criticize, you know, people want to criticize, you know, sci-fi, Star Wars, and Marvel, and things like that. Because, oh, it's unrealistic. It's unbelievable. That's the point. Don't we go to movies here so that we can kind of temporarily escape reality and get involved in a story and see 
see uh, things happen and people do things that um, are beyond reality, may- maybe we don't agree. May- maybe you don't see it the same way. But for me, that is that's why I'm there, man. That's that's a big part of the reason. So um, now look, there's a line, and, and it's for me, it's not so much a line as it is a. Um, uh, maybe more of a, I don't know if we want to call it a standard or a, kind of a point of no return. And in my opinion, there is a moment in Fast and Furious where eh, they reach a Fast and Furious 9, that is, F9, that they hit a point of no return. I'm not going to spoil it. Comes in the final act, kind of in the, you know, the final action sequence. It's all throughout it. Um, and, and the thing is, I, I'm not a fan of that particular element uh, with these. They basically, they take these couple characters and they put them in an environment that that just it's it's suspending it's suspending a lot of belief for it to be there so i don't know i didn't care for that but other than that hey i thought it was pretty good now look here's the thing about fast and furious the fast and furious franchise in general it is definitely for your um young adult uh maybe you know older teenage and old up model it's not something you're going to take your um you know your elementary school you know elementary or, or preschool kid to see with you absolutely not um but uh again what I love about Fast and Furious, and it's really kind of what I already said about A Quiet Place, is Fast and Furious is all about the value of family. And yeah, things aren't as conventional and traditional. And, and what they mean is a family and that more of a community. Because if you follow the franchise, you'll see this, that they are, they're, they're these, you know, action heroes, these these people that drive cars fast and whatnot. And uh, they, they come together for these missions, but they found a very um, powerful bond. And it just shows the importance of community. You've got to have community when it comes to your, um, when it comes to your life, you can't just, um, you you can't just live life alone. You know, I'm an introverted person. I'll be honest with you. I, I, I don't uh, need to have a lot of friends or a big social circle, but I'll tell you this. I do need people. And I do need community on some level. We all do. So I love that that is a continued theme throughout Fast and Furious. And not to mention, it's just just plain fun. It's just a really fun movie to watch. Okay, so now moving on to the final recommendation I have. And it's the other kind of big blockbuster that has been released, at least at the time of recording this. And yeah, by the time you see this, there'll be a couple more out there that... Um, that, that aren't out as of recording. Um, and so I'll try to get to some of those. Uh, but the last one that I'm going to recommend is Black Widow. Uh, of course, this is the latest installment in the Marvel uh, franchise in terms of the uh, the full films, the, the, the cinematic films. Um, and, uh, you know, and that's the about all three of these, Quiet Place 2, F9, and uh, Black Widow. These are all movies that were delayed a year or more. And so it's good just to finally see them because we've been seeing the trailers for, I guess, a year and a half or, or if not, you know, around that now. And so it's good to find him. Now, the thing I'll say about Black Widow is, uh, yeah, it's your typical Marvel action uh, fun. There's good humor in it. Um, you know, it's probably around the same age range recommendation as I would for Fast and Furious, just because of the action sequences and, and the action violence and things like that. Um, and, uh, and so it was fun. It's what you've come to expect from a Marvel movie. However, uh, if you know anything about the Marvel timeline, which if you don't, hey, go listen to the uh, Marvel-themed episodes of Movie Month. But um, Black Widow, um, spoiler alert, she's, she's dead. 
Um, and so this is a prequel, um, meaning that it's about events that happened before the most recent movies. Uh, and it, it's and, and there's really not much that they do to tie it into the bigger universe. And that's really what we've come to expect from Marvel is, yes, a good movie, but also something that ties into the bigger picture. And I'm sure there's going to be ways that they do it, but there were no obvious, there were very few obvious ways. Now there's of course a post credit scene and by post credits, it's a full post credit scene. You're going to have to sit through all of the scrolling credits to see it. That is obviously setting up some type of spinoff um, for a, a well, it looks like a, a Marvel Disney Plus streaming series. Um, but um, um, getting back to the fact that I, I, to me it seems like okay, um, Scarlett Johansson, she's the actress who actor, sorry, who plays Black Widow, and she obviously got killed off in Endgame. They shot Endgame a really long time ago, so to me it seems like uh, she read the script back years ago when they were shooting Endgame. She was like, oh. Wait, Wait, I die? And they were like, yeah, yeah, you die. It's time for you to go. And she was like, no, 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 no. I got to get more money out of this here Marvel deal before we move on. So give me a prequel. And that's what they did. They wrote her a prequel so she could make a few million more. Uh, but, you know, hey, I'm not trying to downgrade or, or belittle the movie. I thought it was good. I thought it made sense uh, in terms of, you know, fitting to some extent. You know, it, it is a, it's, it's, it's cool. It's, it's, it's fun. Again, I, it's on my recommended list. So Black Widow, check it out. Now. Let's talk about the one that I have seen most recently, actually, as of recording. I saw this just a couple days ago uh, that I do not recommend. Um, Space Jam, A New Legacy. I mean, it's just stupid. Uh, And if you disagree with me, just let me know. I'm I'm all about, you know, having a lively conversation about this. Um, But uh, so here's the thing. Uh, the, The first, the original Space Jam with Michael Jordan. First of all... That's the one thing about reboots and remakes. Space Jam A New Legacy, it's not really a sequel. There's nothing within it other than maybe a few um, kind of just, um, I don't know, a few very ambiguous references that indicate that it's a sequel. So in other words, the story has nothing to do with the first one. So uh, for all intents and purposes, it it, it is a reboot. It's a remake. Um, and, And yes, it's an original story. So they do nothing to follow the original storyline because they, they've, they're using LeBron James instead of Michael Jordan this time. So I understand they've got to make his character um, based somewhat on the uh, – just like they did in the original Space Jam with Michael Jordan. They've got to make this new one uh, – they've got to base it on his life. They've got to base it somewhat on true events for, in order for the story to make sense. Um, but that's the thing. Uh, so let's, let's, let's rewind to what, what was it? The late nineties when the original space jam came out and look, I'll admit that one's not great either. I'm not one of these space jam junkies that thinks it's the best thing ever. The coolest part about the original space jam is the, um, is the opening titles with the, the, the space jam song. Um, and, uh, which I know more lyrics to that than you might think. Uh, but the opening space jam song and with all the highlight reels of Michael Jordan, just really cool. Michael Jordan was a fantastic basketball player Eh, better than LeBron I mean I'm not going to get on all that but come on I mean it's Michael Jordan it's awesome but yeah you get into it of course Michael Jordan great basketball player not fantastic actor and but here's the thing when I was a kid um it was super cool it was super awesome and the technology of having him imposed in the cartoons it's not that it's the first time it was ever done but for the for the time it was done really well um 
And and so, of course, now you look back and you're like, oh, oh you know, we're, we're we've come to expect such a high level of quality and animation that we're like, yeah, that's no good. But you know, it was cool at the time, and yeah, it didn't age well. Whatever. Here's the thing about Space Jam: A New Legacy. I mean, I don't know. I'm sure there's kids out there that like it. I'm not trying to hurt your kids. And of all the movies I've talked about, it's obviously the most kid-friendly, I suppose. Uh, but here's the thing. Uh, yes, it does have the latest animated technology and, and whatever, and it looks more photorealistic than ever before. But again, it's just it's just so dumb. <laughs> and I can't get over it, and I can't put a finger on it. But the, I think that the story feels weird. It feels out of place. It feels rushed. Um, I don't know. There's a lot more I could say on it. I, and, and here's the thing. I actually am so glad I didn't go to the theater to see this one, though it is out in theaters. But it's also simultaneously streaming on HBO Max because Warner Brothers announced at the beginning of this or at the end of last year that everything, all the new titles released in the movie theater would simultaneously hit HBO Max the same day. They got a lot of flack for that, but total side note there. But for me, it was one of those things where I was like, oh, I can just watch this at home because I have AT&T Internet, so they give me HBO Max for free. I literally never use that streaming service, but I did use it to check out A New Legacy. And anyways, all that to say, Space Jam, New Legacy, I'm not going to recommend it. Your kids might enjoy it. They might just enjoy the silliness and goofiness of it. But, you know, I don't know. If you're going to choose one of the Space Jam movies, go with the original. I mean, it's on HBO Max as well. Uh, So, anyways. All right. So, that brings us up to date on some of these latest movies. Now, let's talk next about... uh, Let's talk about what's streaming. Of course... That kind of uh, talk about Space Jam and New Legacy is streaming, but I'm going to talk more about series. Uh, and I have recently finished um, a couple of streaming series um, that uh, I really enjoyed. Now, the first one is season two of The Chosen. We've talked about The Chosen in length before. In fact, I think we de- dedicated a couple episodes uh, for a few months ago um, to reviewing season one. So uh, be sure to check those episodes out if, uh, if you want to um, kind of know more about it and hear our full review there. And we will be doing a full review of season two at some point here in the uh, near future. But I just finished season two. And let me just reiterate if I, that again, stuff that you would hear in our review of season one. But The Chosen is just amazing. It's just fantastic. And now look, I, I am I'm Christian, okay? I, I'm a believer. And so I, of course, I, would I, I'd be lying if I said I didn't have some type of bias because, um, you know, yeah, I I love to see the story of Jesus Christ portrayed on screen, but that this is not the first time this has ever been done. There have been movies and other little mini series and things that do it. But what do they talk about? Well, they, they always are, are quickly get to, of course, the most important thing about Jesus, which is the resurrection or the crucifixion and the resurrection. Well, here's the thing about the chosen. The Chosen is on their second season, and guess where we just got to? The Sermon on the Mount. Now, if you know anything about the Gospels, you know that's fairly early on. We have not made it very far in the life of Christ uh, at all. And so what I love is that they're diving into character development of 
Jesus, the disciples, you know, Peter, James, John, uh, even like Mary Magdalene. And, and it's just, it's amazing. The emotion, the acting is excellent and the quality is amazing. I mean, it's just, it's genuinely, in my opinion, one of, and I'm, I'm again, trying to be as unbiased as possible here, but it's just one of the best shows on television right now. And it's completely free to watch. So if you haven't watched it yet, I don't know what you're waiting on. It's, it's all done through an, uh, through an app that you can download, uh, the chosen app. I believe you go to like the chosen app.tv and it'll, you know, take it there or just search your app store, Google play, whatever. And you'll be able to find, uh, the, uh, the, this, this app and watch it there. So again, I highly recommend it. I am really, really, uh, pleased with it in so many ways. So check it out. Um, season two straight, you can watch season one, season two, completely free, no cost, but Hey, I will encourage you if you like it and you're moved by it, especially if you're a person of faith, give them some, you donate because that's their model that you can watch for free, but we're going to ask that you donate to future seasons. And so they're producing season three right now, uh, and they need contributors to make that happen. So chosen season two and season one, if you haven't check it out by downloading the chosen app. Now, the other series that I just finished taking a little bit of a different spin, uh, off of the, uh, faith and truth is into the complete fiction and fantasy world of Marvel. And the Marvel has, as of this year, begun releasing a streaming series that, and this isn't the first time they've uh, kind of uh, dipped in the TV. They've done other things, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, they had a few, Daredevil on Netflix and a couple others. But this is the first time that they are making these a pivotal part and they're integrated and they're actually a pivotal part of the greater, what they call MCU, Marvel Cinematic Universe. So they released WandaVision uh, back in January. They released uh, Captain America, or not Captain America, Falcon and the Winter Soldier in March. And now, and beginning in June, they released Loki. And uh, Loki ran for six episodes, so it just finished up. And, uh, okay, look, we can talk into uh, some of the ideology that, of course, Disney is going to try to push in terms of their agenda. And, you know, they are not, they are the ones that are, you know, they're one of the ones trying to challenge traditional values and things like that. So, look, all of that aside, uh, because here's the thing. We, I, as you know by now, we are really big. I am really big on preaching that you have to be able to process this. You have to look at this as an opportunity when you're watching content with ideology uh, that you don't agree with. You have to use this as an opportunity to teach yourself and even your kids the value of discernment uh, and, and teaching them how to use their, their filter, if you will, when it comes to filtering out the good from the bad. I'm not going to get into all of that right now. Here's the thing about Loki, though. It's just really cool. And it's just, a, for me, I really love um, shows and movies that make me think. And this does just that. They They... They are entertaining the idea of time travel and, and the multiverse theory, things that are obviously insane, you know, not true, never going to happen, but they're, they're entertaining this in a way that is just really intriguing and, and from what I have seen, really unique. So I really enjoyed Loki. It's a Disney Plus series. There's six episodes, each about 
40 to 50 minutes each episode. Uh, hey, I'd check it out. Um, it's probably something that, uh, obviously, going back to the Chosen, I meant to say this, obviously, watch it with the whole family. Uh, but with uh, Loki, yeah, there's a little more intense segments and, and whatnot. So, you know, probably something that you want to keep young kids, you want to be very uh, sensitive about that. Well, this brings us to the, really, the wrapping up this episode. And this is new, by the way. Uh, if you've paid attention to our past episodes, it's been a conversation format. Those aren't going away. Uh, and I'm not necessarily saying this is the new format moving forward. However, uh, if you kind of like this approach, uh, I'm trying, I'm, I'm, I'm attempting in this particular episode to be a little bit more current and I might get even more current, if you will, as things go along, um, trying to talk about media technology and things like that. If you like this format, let me know. Um, if you don't, let me know. Let me know your thoughts, um, and uh, we might keep doing this as we move forward. Oh, I actually almost skipped one thing. Let's talk about Apple updates real fast. Now, Apple back in June had their WWDC, uh, which stands for Worldwide Developers Conference. And the thing that WWDC has become known for is uh, Apple really reserves this to make announcements about their software. And so they are and have announced some pretty cool updates coming to iPhone and iPad and, and the Mac. Uh, now, I'm not going to dive into all of it right now just for sake of time, uh, but you can go over to Apple's website and you can look all of that up. But I did want to let you know that it actually is possible for you to get early access to any of these new updates. Now, most of the time you have to wait until the fall. But right now, you can access it through what Apple calls their public beta program. So if you go to beta, B-E-T-A, dot Apple dot com, you can sign up for a free beta version of, the, uh, of, of any of these operating systems. Now, I will make this huge, massive di disclaimer. Please do not do this just because I told you to. Uh, in fact, only do this if you... Um, understand the risks. Uh, a beta software is one that is more or less in testing. And so it's not completely final. It's definitely got a lot more bugs and glitches than what would be a, a, a final release of a software. So uh, if you, I would say if you, for example, really rely on your MacBook for work and you've only got one Mac, don't don't install the beta on that. Um, and, uh, you know, maybe the situation is if you have, you know, like your Mac is a little bit more of just a, you know, you don't use it. It's just a home computer or whatever, maybe. Or if you have like an iPhone and an iPad and maybe you use your phone more than you use your iPad or vice versa, maybe try the beta of uh, what would be iOS or iPad OS 15 uh, on on these. But by, by no means should you... Um, do this if you have any concern at all and you you don't if, if you're not patient and you don't want to deal with bugs and glitches then just don't do it but i just wanted to let you know that it's possible you can do it I've, i i did it on, on one of i had a, an old phone uh, so i installed it there again kind of cool um and, and you can see all the features on apple's website if you want and sign up for the uh beta version of any of these operating systems if you would like okay now, that does bring me to the final piece of today's episode, and that is a challenge. I want to issue a challenge to you. Now, 
we have talked about the purpose of connection culture. The purpose of this content is to help you and your family navigate through this crazy, potentially toxic media culture that we live in. Now, there's a lot of different things. We want to keep providing this insight. We want to say, hey, here's movies and here's what to think about it and here's our thought. But first of all, don't ever take my word for it. Go watch watch and review these things for yourself. Um, but also, I want to encourage you in this. I also want to see you take steps towards being a more responsible digital citizen. Now, that term has been thrown out there from time to time. Here's what I mean by that, though. We live in this digitally connected world, okay? So uh, whether that's through our computers, iPads, phones, whatever it may be, we are all digitally connected. But there is still a physical world around us. And that physical world is so much better than the digital world. So remember what you see on the digital screens, on your social media, on your Instagram feed. That's not real. That's not always real. In fact, many times it's fake. So I want to issue a challenge to you. I want to help you over the course of these next few weeks. I want to give you a new challenge each week to help you become a more responsible digital citizen and liberate you to disconnect from the digital and pay more attention to the physical. (laughs) Now, first of all, this is not very self-serving. And in fact, I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if if Facebook in particular might suppress um, this particular episode and our content because uh, what I'm about to tell you, they don't they don't want they don't want that they don't like this at all. Um, And so, by the way, uh, to help us uh, overcome those algorithms as best as possible, please please like and share uh, this video uh, wherever you're watching it, YouTube or Facebook, because neither one of them are going to be crazy about what I'm going to about to tell you. So here is the challenge: go into your phone. Go into settings, uh, go into notifications, and turn off every unessential notification. What's an unessential notification? Well, you'll have to define that yourself to some extent, but here is what I'm talking about. If it doesn't mean that, if it's not something that's, I should say this way, if it's not something that's required for you, uh, that, that you need in case of emergency, for example, don't don't turn off notifications for texting. Okay, um, you know if somebody needs to text you, your family needs to get a hold of you. Don't turn off your notifications for your phone. Obviously, like the phone calls itself. Okay, these are things that you need. But maybe you need to turn off notifications for Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or hey, your email. No, no, no. But I need my work email. No, no, you don't. <laughs> you don't need to get a little badge or a little ding or a little little pop-up every time someone emails you from work or every time someone posts a new tweet or every time someone likes your Instagram photo. These companies know how to manipulate you. They know how to make you obsess over that little handheld screen. I'm all about these tools. I'm all about the power of connection and using it for good, to increase truth, to inspire hope in the lives of others. I'm all about it. But as a digital citizen, as a consumer, we have to be responsible. You have to be responsible. You have to pay attention 
to your kids, to your spouse, to your family, your friends, your loved ones? How many times have we been guilty of looking down at our phones just non-stop and not and being completely oblivious to what's going on in the world around us? Now, look, you don't become completely free of this overnight. It is a process. And I'm not saying to take this, take your phone and throw it in the trash or what now or, or downgrade to a flip phone. Absolutely not. We need these things. We need to take advantage of these, but we need to make sure they are not controlling us, that we are controlling them. So what's a simple step? Well, go ahead and turn off those notifications. Maybe you say, oh, that's, that's a lot. Okay, just turn off one or two. Just turn off Instagram notifications. Just turn off Twitter notifications. Just the one, or, or, or hold up before we go, maybe it's that news app. Maybe it's Fox News, CNN, MSNBC, whatever it is. Just turn the notifications off. Don't let your phone control you. Don't let those creators, those, those news outlets, uh, those, those influencers on Instagram, those followers on social media, don't, oh, don't let them control you. You control them. That is my challenge. Well, I hope if you haven't yet that you have subscribed to Connection Culture. We're available on YouTube or wherever you might be listening to podcasts. And we also put all episodes out kind of early, like as in like a night early, if you will, on Facebook. Every uh, Tuesday night, as of now, our release schedule is Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. Central Time. So if you head over to uh, facebook.com slash mustincrease, like and follow our page. For uh, So that way you can be one of the first to see when we drop new episodes. And Connection Culture, of course, is a production of the Must Increase Network. The show is edited and produced by Bo Snyder. The executive producer and host is myself, Luke Clayton. And before I sign off, I have to remind you, find these things that you like. We talk about the chosen. We talk about these other things. Find these things, these, this media, this content that you like, and figure out a way to support it. This is why we're really big on you sharing. Not only does it help us overcome those almighty algorithms of Facebook, it helps you take a small step towards being a contributor, a creative contributor. Because when you like and share, you're helping others get help in this area. You're helping others see content that is positive. And because... It because, because here's the thing, you're going to find when you get into this, when you get behind it, maybe, maybe it's sharing here and maybe later it's throwing a few bucks at a, at a creative project that you believe in. No matter how it is, what you're going to start to find is that it is, I can't even describe you, it is so much more fulfilling to be a creative contributor than it is to be a mindless, constant consumer. We'll see you next time right here on Connection Culture.